Hello, y'all, and welcome to Young Folk Knits. My name is Casey. And I'm Becky. And this is a very yarning podcast. Hello, Becky. How are you doing today? Doing really good. How about you, Casey? I'm doing well. Today is, when we're recording this, it's Tuesday, and it's nice and sunny outside, and my kids are fishing right now. (laughs) My husband took them fishing, so the house is quiet and all is well. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. It's been beautiful here. Like The last, yesterday and today have been cool, like unseasonably cool for us. It might be hot to some people, but it's been cool and sunny and the humidity has been low and there's been like a breeze. It's just been, it's been beautiful. It's hard to be in a bad mood with that gorgeous of weather. (laughs) Yes. This week, this weekend I thought was really nice too. We did get rain and some little thunder showers, but it made for some really nice temperatures afterwards. You had a good weekend, didn't you? I did. We went to um, the river, the Buffalo River, which is probably one of my favorite places in all of Arkansas. I love it. Um, I've been going there since I was a teenager and it's just, it's, it's not only is it beautiful, but it's also has like a lot of fond memories for myself. And um, so we, we went there, went swimming because it has really beautiful, clear water that doesn't move that fast. So it's perfect for swimming. And, um, we just kind of hung around there, did some of the little hikes and, um, some of the beautiful things that are, um, in that area on the Buffalo and Silomore area. So if you're Arkansas people, or if you have been to Arkansas and been there, then you'll know how beautiful it is. Around here, we call it Silomore though. Silomore. You got to say accent. (laughs) Then you can see that I was not born here because I don't know how to say that. You did pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> I can turn on and off my country accent because I have lived here for 30, over 30 years. So <laughs> you do know how we say things. <laughs> no, I loved your pictures. I thought it looked really beautiful. We used to go and we would float. Um, we would float there on Buffalo River in canoes and we, they would take you in a little bus and drop you off at one point and then you would have left your vehicle at another so you would float all the way down and hope you made it by dark (laughs) (laughs) and that was so that was fun i haven't done that in a long time though so i need to you need to go (laughs) go. (laughs) with me (laughs) yes so what have you been knitting on this week um just on that ranunculus, I I tell you that my summer knits are a tale of woe. I don't understand what's going on. I think it's because I'm distracted. I got almost to the hem of my ranunculus, which is a very simple knit. And I um looked back and I saw that I dropped a stitch and it would have been on the back. It was like dead center in the back, but it was a stitch right as I did my increase, my raglan increases and I could see it and I tried picking it up and like weaving a little thread through it and I could see that I tried it again to make it a little more clean I could still see that and it just drove me banana so I ripped it all out to that point and (laughs) picked it up from there and moved back up and because I tried dropping down and picking it up but I could not do it correctly in the increase I don't know 
I'm sure there are people who can do that correctly, but I could not. It was just getting worse and worse. <laughs> so I ripped it back and now I am almost to the hem, hem again. <laughs> awesome. It is a fast knit. So it is. If it something's going to bother you, I wouldn't feel bad about fixing it. Right. And I do have some knits that I thought oh, I can live with that. And I honestly, I never wear them. I never use them because I can't live with it. <laughs> you know, something that I have found helps a little bit too is whenever you have a problem that is really noticeable to you and you can't quite fix it. Um, you should, you can try double stitching over it too. And sometimes that helps a little bit. I've got a few things that I'm going to go back and try to double stitch over mm -hmm. and see, see what happens. It may make it worse, but I'm, I'm hoping that it will help. And, you know, I've got that one cabled sweater that I did as a, t a test knit for Sorry Nordland. And it is just, it's got cables every centimeter. There's a different cable and there's bobbles and there's, you know, just everything. It's one of those really intense <laughs> knits. And I made a mistake and it's on the front. I I did not do the correct um, crossover on a cable. And so I'm, I'm still needing to go back and fix that because I refuse to rip back at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I think if my yarn, because I'm the yarn I have is very, um, like it's very defined. Like the cotton is very defined. It doesn't have any fuzz to it. So it the stitch have... definition is super high with that. I know. Right. And, and, um, when I tried picking it up and like threading up some, I could see that little, I could see that it was thicker there or it was more dense. Like I could see the color difference right there. And I was just like, I can't do this. So I think if I had, if it was, you know, a different yarn, um, you know, that might make a big, make a difference in, in whether or not I could just kind of uh, fix it that way without ripping back. But this one was, it was not, it was not good. <laughs> I'm sorry. It sounds like you're almost done though. So I am adding times ahead. <laughs> I, am. I think I just, I'm just not paying attention. I'm just watching TV or doing something. And, I, and I'm just, then maybe I, and I also notice I do that on simpler things, like on things that are more complicated. I hardly have that many mistakes. It's because I'm, I'm focused, but when things are simple, I'm just like, it's easy. It's a piece of cake. <laughs> I don't even have to look at it. <laughs> Exactly. I'm trying to finish up my air tea test for Ozetta, which I've got probably two more rounds left and I will be ready for my I-cord bind off. And I have, it's just stockinette. It's a stockinette body, very plain, very simple. And so I don't look at all. It's one of those things where you can definitely watch TV while you're knitting it. And I have dropped so many stitches <laughs> because I work on the ends of my needles. And then when I'm not looking, there's just such a cluster right there that it's very easy for me to drop stitches. But I do, thankfully, I have been looking and checking it every couple rows. So even if it's like a row or two back, I'll just try to, you know, stretch me some extra fat yarn and ladder it back up. But, um, but yeah, if you go too long without catching it, it is really frustrating. Sure. For sure. That is a good, that is a good tip. Just to, you know, even on simple things, knit a few rows, then check everything. That's what I need to do. So do you want to chat about some yarn questions for today? Always. always. 
Okay, so the first question we have was submitted by Kendra from the Balance Game, and she said, "What is one thing you refuse to knit?" Tell us, Becky. What is it? What do you put your foot down on, and you say, "That's it. That is the thing I will not knit." Underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I will not knit panties. And I will not knit a bra, which I know some girls can knit a bra and it looks great and it's useful for them, but it is not for me. (laughs) I need some support and I need some padding. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I can't do a bra and I cannot do underwear. The thought of panties grosses me out. It just is just gross. Oh, yeah, totally. I saw somewhere where someone had designed a thong and I thought the thought of cleaning that, Mm -mm. (laughs) oh my goodness. I was like, no way. (laughs) Yeah. I personally prefer not to floss my butt crack with my fancy yarn, but thank you. (laughs) Thank you anyway. (laughs) So what about you? Uh, Definitely exactly the same. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly the same. I I would actually I would love to knit a not necessarily just like a a little bra, but kind of like a big bralette, you know, that you would wear under something. I would like that if it was in cashmere and silk or something like that. But the truth is, we're both busty ladies, and and some people, you know, to each their own. But for me, it would be worn over a bra, and that's just really hot and basically defeats the purpose. Right, right. Like a camisole, like or you mentioned, like a bralette. I could see, you know, wearing a bra under it, and maybe wearing um, like a fancy jacket or open shirt or something like that's different. I'm talking about a functional. Mm-hmm. bra as as what I'm wearing now but knitting that for that purpose um no Mm-mm. I just feel like I it's can, a waste of time for me it Total. is and I can hardly find a store-bought bra that I actually love so I'm not gonna spend time to knit a bra that I, I hate as well because I hate all bras <laughs> I, I exactly my my daughters are like why do you why do you have to wear a bra and I'm like I don't know I don't know they're awful I hate them for your safety and mine exactly <laughs> oh my goodness um another thing I won't knit is a bathing suit because I'll sew one but I won't knit one because there would definitely be an eyeful no matter what if I knit a bathing suit <laughs> of any kind you out of cotton. <laughs> and it can get nice and absorbent like a dishcloth. <laughs> yeah, that's just basically for not that I not that I wouldn't enjoy like the Jesse made um ripple bralette or whatever that is that everybody makes. It just yeah. I feel like it's a total waste of time and I will never need a thong. I don't even want to wear a thong. So <laughs> no, that's not gonna happen. You know what? I thought that I think that thong too was designed in like Surrey alpaca. I think you're right. I want to say it was. It, it was just. It is just <laughs> too much. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> what is our What is our next question? So our next question is: Is a ball winder and a swift swift worth the investment? What do you think? I think it depends. 
I think that they can be very useful tools and very nice to have, but I think in the end it comes down to how often you're winding yarn balls up. If you get some yarn, you wind up some yarn balls for a project, you know, once a month, then that is that is an investment that you would have to decide whether or not, you know, it's something that would fit into your budget and be worth it because it's going to take a long time to pay for itself. I think if you're winding up yarn balls a couple times a week, I think, yes, it is worth the investment. Also, if you order from places like the Wool & Co, you, they will wind your balls for you for free. <laughs> so I definitely think it's a, a matter of personal preference. You know, would you rather spend that money on yarn or would you rather spend that money on a ball winder and a swift? I do enjoy mine. But um, I think in the end, when it comes down to it, it might depend on how often you're winding yarn in general. What do you think? Um, I agree. I think if you tend to buy yarn in balls anyway, then there would be no need for it. Because some people just do that. They don't buy hanks of yarn. Um, like you mentioned to the Wool & Co, they wind for free. Other places wind. Like I know... Um, we don't really have many local, I mean, we have local yarn stores, but they are a, a, a trip for us. So, I mean, it's basically all day. If you want to go to a yarn store, you're going to spend a couple hours just to get there and a couple hours just to get home. Um, so, uh, what was I going with that? Oh, so if you go to a local yarn store and that's where you normally get your yarn anyway, and there's one near you, they will usually wind your yarn for free there too. Or if you shop online at yarn stores like we do, we we shop local yarn stores, quote unquote, um, online. And usually there's a small fee or there or it's free. So you can get away with not having one. So if you don't have the space or if you just don't want to spend the money, it's totally possible to be a knitter and not have a ball winder. And then if you're in a pinch and you have to wind something up, you can do it by hand. You can put it around a chair. Um, you can find someone very unfortunate to hold it for you the entire time. <laughs> but you can do it. So if you're, you know, if you're on a budget, all those things are in, you know, included. But you had mentioned um, that if you're doing it a lot and you um, buy them in hanks and they're not wound for you when you get them, then yeah, I think it would be worth it because it does take some time to wind it by hand. But it's not necessary. You know, it's not something that everybody needs, like knitting needles. Like you can't be a knitter without needles, <laughs> but you can be a knitter without a ball winder. So I don't feel like people should feel like that's something that you have to have that if you can't afford it and you feel and you feel the pressure to have it, you shouldn't have to. to but they do make, you know, some cheaper ones too. Um, just like with anything with yarn with project bags, with needles, you can find a wide range of, uh, of, uh, prices according to your budget. So anyway, my point is you do you. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing that I absolutely hated was that it wasn't even just the winding the ball that, that didn't bother me that much. But I have constant chaos around me. We have two dogs. We have three kids. And you sit down to start winding and you wrap it around your knees. And then all of a sudden, there's some 
catastrophe and you have to get up and you come back and it's in tangles because something happened while you were gone for three minutes. So that, I really do like the yarn swift, even if you didn't have a ball winder, like even if you wanted to start off by getting a yarn swift, then your yarn is safe while you can come and go as you please. You don't have to do it all at once. And some people find it very meditative to wind a yarn ball. So yeah, I totally agree. It's not a necessity, but it is so nice to <laughs> use one when you can, I think. For sure. All right. Next question is, what are some tips for a newbie sock knitter? What do you think? I think YouTube is fantastic for a newbie sock knitter. Um, the first person that comes to mind is Denise of Earth Tones Girl. She has a beautiful series on, it's basically like a whole class laid out for you on sock knitting. And it's called, I think, No Fear. I think it's called No Fear Sock Knitting or No Fear. Yeah, I'm pretty she sure. Has, she has a pattern that's called the No Fear Shorties. Right. The shorties, I, think I think the sock yeah. class is also called No Fear. It might be. Who knows? We'll look. We can find out by looking. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, Denise of Earth Tones Girl, and she is an excellent teacher. She is like the, she's extremely clear. I mean, she's not with you, but she is patient in the way she, she, um, she explains it. She is, um, knowledgeable. I really highly suggest that that is my number one tip is to, to look at YouTube, but specifically her, her, but I know there's other ones like Kay at the crazy sock lady. She also has some, um, tutorials and she does a, a wonderful job too. But, um, Denise has my heart because that's how I learned how to knit socks was from Denise. <laughs> Yeah, I think she's great. And I think she's got some great patterns. And I think, too, something that's really important is to pick something simple to start with. So I really love that the pattern, the No Fear Shorties that she has. And you're not worrying about a super long cuff. Um, you're getting right into learning the techniques, but in a simple way with the heel and the toe and, you know, all of those different things that make a sock a sock. And I would also recommend maybe doing a DK weight sock for your first sock. I think that I think that can make things a little bit easier. Things go faster. There's just less stitches in general. And one other thing that I can think of is to kind of experiment between magic loop and six inch nope nine inch circulars <laughs> i think that different people like different things i am in the nine inch circular camp they do kind of make my hands hurt but i feel like there's still so much more speed and ease in general of working with those instead of magic loop but i would say maybe the majority is the majority of people like to use magic loop for socks what are, what about you? Do you like the circulars or magic loop? I like the nine inch circulars and then I use double points whenever I do. Well, actually I use two um, circulars whenever I go to do my heel. Um, no, I'm lying again too. <laughs> I use double points when I go to use my, do my heel flap and gusset because I find that's easier. Um, I just hold the front part of the sock on a, the set of the, the, 
on this nine circulars, just hold it there. And then, um, then at that, but I do like the circulars. I feel like, um, I really don't love magic loop at all. I feel like I'm always fiddling. I'm always readjusting, but then, like you said, some people, hate the nine inch circulars and that's a good suggestion just to try different things some people love double point needles for the full thing so it's yeah. just whatever whatever you like and um something else i was thinking of a lot of times people are scared of the heel and that's what stops them from knitting a sock they're scared of the whole heel turn and all that stuff and um i know the autumn acorn has a pattern called magic heel socks so if you want to to knit a pair of socks and you're super scared of the heel and you just want a boost of confidence, you can knit these socks. There is no heel turn. It is, it's got almost, I think a ribbing or like, there's like a panel that's put in there and it fits everyone's heel, no matter where your heel goes, you know, no matter where your foot is. Um, I, you know, uh, full disclosure, I have not knit a pair of these, but people say it's fantastic and it gives them the confidence to move on and knit a pair of socks with a heel turn. And they're, you know, they're not so scared anymore because they've done pretty much all of it. They've done the toe, they've done knitting, the, you know, the, the cuff, they've done all that stuff. All they have to do the next time is just learn that little heel because they're already an expert at everything else. So that's an excellent pattern for that. And I want to say, you can do it in figuring or DK. I've seen people do it in DK. So if you wanted a thicker sock too, you could do that and it would go a lot faster. I also, you know, along that same line, people can also just start knitting, knit a tube and knit as long as you think you would want your socks to be. Just keep on knitting and then do your toe. And then whenever you feel like you're ready to do a heel, you can go back in and add an afterthought heel too, which are pretty easy, I think. So there's lots of, definitely lots of, oh, have you seen the banana socks? No. There's no heel at all in it. The yeah. top, it, it sort of makes a crescent shape because the top is um, different rows of, of pearls and these pearl ridges and it sort of comes up on itself in a crescent and there's no heel at all and so it looks really easy but the, I think the first place I saw it might have been Sarah from the it's a Sarah it is a Sarah podcast but she's in a few of those and then I think that Andrea Mowry actually has a pair of socks that are heelless as well that are like the they're called something spiral or helical <laughs> I don't know right. but, but yeah there's actually lots of healless options out there right so I think it's with any of those things if you do any of those things I think you're going to be well on your way to knitting socks and then some people once they get started they can't stop knitting socks and some people knit a pair of socks and that's the last pair of socks they ever knit so you may not be a sock knitter and that's a-okay and if you are just a sock knitter, that is a-okay. <laughs> Whatever you want to knit that brings you joy is the, is the right choice. Yeah, I would say, I would say definitely just jump in and, and get started. And it's not as hard as you would think it would be. I, I think it's, um, I think it's a lot of fun and great summer project because there's not a lot of bulk in your lap when it's hot outside. <laughs> Right. It's a good car project too, because I mean, not the heel part, but, um, the rest of it is 
is not hardly any thought and is something that you could pick up and put down and not, you don't, not the healed part, but every other part, you know, is something that you don't even have to know where you're at. You can just put it in back in the bag and stick it in your car and come back six months later and pick it back up and start knitting again, because there's no, um, there's no needing to know exactly where you're at as far as that, as far as like the, the leg or even just the bulk of the foot. Yeah, it's a great travel project. Is that what you're going to take on the plane to Rhinebeck? Um, maybe, or a hat. I love hats, though. I mean, I do like knitting socks. I have, you know, a pair of socks I'm currently working on. But I love hats more and more than anything. So probably a hat. Because it's just as small as a sock, you know, like as far as like the bag you need and, and um, the amount of yarn generally. So probably a hat. What about you? What are you going to take? Oh, I don't know. It, it may probably depend on what I'm working on at the moment. Probably have like four test knits at the time. You'll have to take them all. <laughs> no more test knits until Ron Beck. Sure. <laughs> Which I am very excited to say. We have actually officially gotten our tick, our plane tickets for Ron Beck. So I guess that means we're going, Becky we're going we have a place to stay and we have a way to get there <laughs> so it's happening it's happening I'm very excited about it or do you think you're gonna sell anything mm, that's a good question um maybe maybe I am I don't know maybe a dress we'll see we'll see what I've what I've got um I don't know are you sewing something because now I feel like I need to sew something I think I'm going to sew a hinterland dress. I've nice. got I've got some fabric that I want to use. I think I'm going to sew a hinterland dress. And then I would like to make a pair of pants. So I have all the fabric I need at this point. <laughs> I can't. I'm, right. I'm putting myself on a fabric band. Uh -huh. And I need to put myself on a yarn band. <laughs> but <laughs> I would like to. I do want to sew a hinterland dress. And I think I would like to make some pants too. I've got like three pants patterns I need to choose between the Jones trousers, the Winslow culottes, and the air knot pants. So maybe I'll make some pants. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I've got to plan. I have some super cool um, vintage fabric that a, a friend's mother gave to me. It's from the 70s and it's a really cool wool plaid. But it's pretty thick. Um, I can't think of anything I really would want to wear out of this. So I was thinking about make maybe making a bag with it because it would be it would be a pretty epic bag. So um, we'll see. Maybe I'll do something like that. That would be cool. It would be. That would be awesome. And you could carry it around and everybody will know who you are because you can right. post a picture on Instagram and then they'll be it's, like, Becky. Right. It's like a really <laughs> cool brown and slightly orange and sage kind of plaid it's just it's really neat so maybe I'll find a pattern that I can make some kind of giant tote that I could put all my purchases in that would be nice that would be really cool awesome idea well, thank you all so much for hanging out with us today. And don't forget, if you have a question you would like for Becky and I to chat about or a topic, you can visit youngfolknits.com and submit your question or topic there. Thanks again, y'all. And until next time, happy knitting. Happy knitting.
Thank you.